really is going to be people from all different nations going to all different nations. And how do we help our partners to build that capacity to be able to do that into the future? Welcome to the Essentially Translatable Podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Richard Elsky. And I'm Emily Wilson. And we are picking up a series with a new leadership here at Lutheran Bible Translators. Today we're talking with Director for Field Programs, Paul Federwitz. He's stationed out in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and took over on January 1st, leading all of our international programs. So in this role, he oversees a group of regional managers and then field level managers that when we say managers they manage the portfolio of partnerships in each country and then there are also uh, missionaries in each country that so over all of that the portfolio of partnerships and partner relations and uh, personnel and programs so all the p's right Mm -hmm. Um, paul with another p (laughs) is in charge of that and uh, that's kind of taken over the role i primarily held before and from a different angle a different perspective Mm Paul is definitely not new to the organization. He grew up as a missionary kid to Reverend Dale and Alvina Federwitz in Liberia and has served for a number of years with Lutheran Bible translators, over 15, previously in Ghana, West Africa, serving as the international IT coordinator. So quite a transition moving to Ethiopia and working with the programs there and then expanding outward to all of the programs within Lutheran Bible Translators and all of our international partnerships. So we hope that this perspective, uh, his latest chapter in the journey with Lutheran Bible Translators is enriching to you. So we are here today with uh, Paul Federwitz, who is the Director for Field Programs for Lutheran Bible Translators, started that role in uh, January of this year, and I'm here actually in the studio, but Paul is joining us from his office in the Helgi Center for Scripture Engagement in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. So how are you this afternoon? Doing pretty well. Got a little bit of congestion, so if I sound a little bit funny, that's why it is, but uh, other than that, doing well. All right. So uh, this is the continuation of a series where we've uh, been with each of the new leaders here at Lutheran Bible Translators, and uh, just to uh, have folks get to know you a little bit better and to uh, talk about uh, how you got here and uh, what you see is important in your role. So tell us a little bit about your background and your pathway in mission to Director for Field Programs for Lutheran Bible Translators. And maybe before jumping into that, just what is the Director for Field Programs for Lutheran Bible Translators? The Director for Field Programs is in charge of the mission arm of the organization for everything that we do internationally with our partners. So basically for the mission implementation part of uh, Lutheran Bible Translators. All right. And so you started working in that role in January. Tell us a little bit about uh, your background and how you got there. I feel like there's kind of two different ways to come to come at this. One is personal and one is professional. From a uh, personal perspective, I was literally born into the organization. My parents were missionaries with Lutheran Bible Translators in Liberia, and so that's where I was born and grew up in a small village. It was a very remote village, didn't even have a road most of the time that we were there. I got the excitement of watching uh, the road being built, but just being able to experience that life, be able to be a part of the work that my parents were involved in, and to be able to see the fruits uh, of that work firsthand 
really, that was already a defining part of my life um, and got me interested in missions. But then, you know, as I got older, I got interested in technology and didn't necessarily see how there was a connection there, but went to Concordia University, what is now Concordia University, Chicago, but at the time was uh, Concordia University, River Forest, and got a degree in computer science. And during that process, I went back to Liberia twice uh, for two summers and was able to be a part of the work there, teaching computer classes to Liberians, um, helping with some desktop publishing that was being done for primers, and just kind of helping to fix computer problems. And it was during that time that I realized two things. One, I could be an IT guy and be involved in missions. And two, I don't think that I'd be happy doing anything else. And so that really kind of re-energized me and set me down a professional path uh, towards Lutheran Bible Translators. So in 2006, uh, my wife, Allie, and I joined the organization. And uh, in 2007, went to Ghana to work with a partner organization there and to work in IT. And over the years, kind of did more with partners in other countries and then eventually took more of a, um, an international IT role with Lutheran Bible Translators. Now, how do you get from that to director for field program? Honestly, what happened was I hit a wall. I hit a wall professionally. And in that process, realized, I think somewhat I had changed and somewhat I just didn't realize all the things that I was and, and what I was interested in. Um, and just started realizing that what I really liked about my job wasn't so much the technology side of it as it was helping people and mentoring people. And so had some conversations uh, with you as my boss and kind of talked through, you know, what that was and, and, and what wasn't working. And, and also started working with a coach just to kind of think through, you know, what does this look like for me? And in that process, I came up with a personal vision statement uh, with the help of my coach. And that vision statement was, I am the partner that helps you to be all that you can be in the world of technology so that all people may fully engage with God's word. And in that process uh, of, of working through that vision statement, and then later on getting involved in uh, uh, enrolling in a leadership program, something that happened for me was realizing that if I removed just a few small words from that vision statement in the world of technology, that was really what leadership is, is helping people to be more than they can be. And that got me excited about about leadership and uh, just what I could do to help people in, in that way. So, yeah, a little bit long answer, I guess, there, but kind of a, a circuitous path into into this role. Yeah, so most recently then uh, you worked in IT and head of uh, RT chief information officer, but sort of ramping up to this possible eventuality then you've served as a associate director for well, what we call program ministries then. And so I guess talk a little bit about that, just the, the last uh, few years and, and how those roles sort of worked and morphed and maybe even some of the squishiness of it a little bit as uh, we kind of came into this place here. I had these two roles that sometimes felt like they were the same role and sometimes felt like they were completely different roles. Yeah. So I was both a chief information officer and so in charge of um, our IT building systems, uh, building a lot of our data systems uh, for managing the different pieces of information that we had, especially for field programs, but even for our finance system and, and helping set up donor systems and pulling all of those things together. 
and then the assistant director for program ministries or, or field programs, as it's now called, to make sure that people were able to use those systems and to make sure that we were collecting the data that we needed to be collecting, but also working with our regional directors on kind of what is our what are our values and how are we helping our partners to be able to see those values and to to understand those and to understand the, the values of our partners. And so some days those were the same thing, making sure we had systems that collected the data that we were doing in the field and other days where they felt completely separate, where I might be working on a donor system in the morning and in the afternoon having a meeting about, you know, how are we interacting with our partners and, and how does that all work? So it was it was a really interesting time for me and helped me to grow a lot in, in really understanding what it is that we do and, and really to, I think, delve into what are our values and what differentiates us from the many other Bible translation organizations that are out there that we partner with and love and engage with so much, but what is unique about us. Great, yeah. So we're going to dive a little bit more in a little bit into a couple other specifics and kind of what prepared you for the role. But again, let's uh, talk about field programs for Lutheran Bible translators and the scope of field programs. Just, you know, by the numbers and some other markers, tell, try to describe for our listeners what does it mean to be the director for field programs? What is that that you're overseeing and the scope of it? So something I'm going to talk about a little bit more uh, later is the More Than Words campaign and just kind of how we have um, really been expanded, how, expanding how we are involved uh, in different places. But we've really grown in the last few years in the number of languages that we're involved with, uh, moving from uh, 72 different languages to now 132 languages that we work with uh, in 17 different countries. And we're doing that through partnerships with different organizations. We have uh, 53 missionaries. And when I say that, that's, we're talking much more like uh, expatriate missionaries that are involved in all of these different places. And so we partner. I talk about partnership a lot, but I like to think about partnership at a couple of different levels. One is the international level, um, and then we have a national level, and then we have a local level. And all three of those are really critical to what it is that we do. So at the international level, we're partnering with a lot of organizations that are part of the E10 or Every Tribe, Every Nation Alliance, or sometimes called Illumination. And those are other Bible translation agencies that work internationally in a lot of different countries. Then at a national level, in each country, we do nothing alone. We are working in partnership with national organizations, whether it's a Bible society or an SIL branch sometimes. Much more, we're getting involved with Lutheran churches at the national level. And then we also partner at the local level, partnering with the local community, engaging with the traditional leadership of that community, the local churches, whatever denomination they are. We're not just there to create a Lutheran Bible, but we are there to work with all the local churches that are there and also helping these different levels, so the international, the national, the local level, not only are we partnering with them, but helping them to also see each other and to work together well together. And so being involved in those, in those relationships, it's all these different pieces that are, right. that are working together, and, and I get to be a part of that, and that's really exciting for me. Yeah, and of course, you don't do that all on your own because that sounded like a lot. <laughs> so you've got a team, <laughs> a team of folks working with you. Uh, talk a little bit about your team, the size and location of the, the folks that you're working with here on your team in Lutheran Bible Translators. 
So the team is something that is something that I've been working on recently. We have two regional directors, uh, David Federwitz and Sarah Eskla, who are just absolutely amazing. They have long history of relationships with partners at the international, national, and and local levels. And so I've been learning a lot from them. I somewhat serve as a regional director as well, primarily focused on on Ethiopia. And then David serves West Africa, and Sarah serves Southern and Eastern Africa, and then uh, the Pacific. So sometimes we just say she serves the rest of the world. Katie Hogan is our uh, data coordinator, and she's worked with me for a lot of years in my previous roles. And so it's exciting to continue to work with her in this. And then lately, we have three new uh, country program directors. And I'm really excited to, to start working with them as we try to make sure that as we're working with all these different language communities and these different partners at different levels, that we are continuing to maintain those relationships well. And so making sure that we have people at the right places to be able to interact with those partners. This is a team that is completely spread out. The regional directors are currently based in the United States. I'm based in Ethiopia. Uh, The three country directors are based in different countries. And so being able to work completely remotely and on different time zones, they're just a really great group of people. All right. And then, as you mentioned, also, uh, you're working in Ethiopia and you've got a group there that you work specifically with. Why, you know, focus on one country, talk about the scope of Ethiopia and and some of that uh, as well. Back in August, our family moved from Ghana to Ethiopia after having lived in Ghana for 16 years. And the reason for that was just being able to invest in Ethiopia. That was before I knew that I was going to be stepping into this role. And at that time, we decided that strategically it was important that we kind of worked on what was happening here because there's a lot of pieces here that are going to be important for our work going, uh, going forward. We have worked with the church here. They are working in Bible translation in 20 different language groups. And we're working with the seminary that, that's attached to the church here. And they have a Bachelor of Theology program, and we're working on a master's program for the future in training Bible translators to train Ethiopians to be able to do that work, not only here in Ethiopia, but beyond Ethiopia. And so taking those steps to really, I would say, operationalize that vision that says this isn't about Western missionaries that are going to Africa and other parts of the world, but really it's going to be people from all different nations going to all different nations and doing this work. And how do we help uh, build that capacity? How do we help our partners to build that capacity to be able to do that into the future, uh, well beyond any involvement that we're going to have? And so me coming to Ethiopia was us just taking that step of investing more. It's been a great learning experience for me as well. Um, We have four missionary teams that are here working with the church and with the seminary uh, and just investing in that capacity building uh, for the future. All right. And you have done some different things to prepare for this role, as we were sort of alluding to. Again, one of those is a, a master's degree in organizational leadership from the Townsend Institute at Concordia Irvine. We'll talk about that and just uh, refer the listeners also that Paul has an excellent podcast episode in our uh, archives a few episodes ago on leadership in international context. So listen to that. But talk about some of your experience and and mentoring relationships and things like that that prepared you uh, for this role. 
So I talked before about being involved in IT, and it is not a common thing that people in IT move into leadership of, of mission. But as I look back, I actually realized just kind of God's hand in guiding through that process. For me, as I mentioned before, IT wasn't about technology. I did really enjoy technology, but it was really about helping people and helping people to do their jobs more effectively, more efficiently, to take some of the maybe monotony out of it. And so that's how I saw it. And so being able to be with people where they were, uh, going to their village, sitting in their house and, and eating a meal with them, those were all important pieces of how I looked at the role of IT. And so through that, I got to know so much about the work that we do, uh, the, the, the people that we work with, the technology that we use, the way that we do Bible translation, the way that we work with people and engaging in scripture, even you know our office staff in the United States, being able to get to know them better on a personal level but also to be able to see the work that they do in supporting, in supporting the international work that's going on. And so I got to see all these different pieces and get to understand them as I provided that support. And a few years ago, I was reading a book on technology and, and it was or on IT, and it was talking about, you know, this view that I have of IT in being such a support role. And the book ended with commenting that IT people make great directors of operations because they actually understand all the things that are happening in the organization at a level that most other people don't. And it just, it kind of threw me back because I hadn't, I had not really seen that before, but as I look back now, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that I don't know uh, as I step into this new role, but there's a lot of different pieces that I did pick up along the way in helping everybody in the organization, no matter what their role was right. in being able to do their job. Yeah. And then, um, uh, so with that background, then, um, you know, kind of at a strategic point, you were enrolled in this master's program and, and, uh, educational programs when sort of well done have the effect of sort of focusing, you know, you've got experience, you've got, uh, some passion and vision with that experience. And then an education program well done kind of comes along and, focuses that passion and energy, gives you new categories and things to think about. So talk about your experience a little bit in the program at uh, Concordia University, Irvine. Oh, yeah, very much so. I, I found myself, you know, when you're in a master's program, find myself daydreaming a lot uh, during my reading and during my class interaction. Not because it's boring, but because as I'm reading, it's like, oh, that applies to this and that applies to that. It's so different than, than undergrad, than the undergrad process. The master's program in organizational leadership at the Townsend Institute is very much a cohort program. And you go through it together with a group of other people. And if all plays out well, uh, you end up taking basically all of your classes together. And each of the class sessions that you take each week, you are interacting with classmates and getting to know each other at a very deep level and starting to share things with each other that you may have never actually shared with anybody else. I jokingly called it group counseling uh, at times, just because of the level that we got to know each other and supported each other. And so there was so much that I learned in that time about leadership, but there's actually probably way more that I learned about me and how I react to things and why I react to things the way that I do. And in that process, I feel like, like my insides were taken out changed around and put back in. Like I am still the same person that I was 
but the way that I see myself, the way that I see the world changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I do speak very highly of the program. Um, I would, I think I can honestly say that I don't think I could do this job without that program mm-hmm. because of, because of how much it just helped me to, to see myself. You know, they, they say the hardest person to lead is yourself. And I think that that's true. Oh. And I think that what I learned in that program was, yeah, I learned how to lead others, but first I learned how to lead myself. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So you talked before also about how you enjoy mentoring people and enjoy mentorship. How has that also you know, been formative in your life in terms of mentoring and being mentored? We've talked about formal education, and I think that that has been so important for me. But mentorship is, is when somebody that you respect who knows you really digs in with you and lives life with you um, and lives your, your job with you, I think, and really helps to speak into your situation. And, and I've had a number of important mentors uh, through my life. I'd say the very first one is my dad. I respected him a lot and really respected how he interacted with others. You know, much of the reason why I'm in missions today is because of just seeing his passion for seeing other people be able to have access to God's Word in the language they understand best. But then, you know, throughout my life professionally, I've had a number of key mentors along the way as well. Scott Schuth was my boss and my friend uh, when I worked at Concordia, uh, Chicago, uh, both as a student worker and then even later when I came back and worked full-time. And one of the things that I learned from him was what it means to care for your team. Yeah, he was our boss, and he told us what we were supposed to be doing and what we were supposed to be working on, but he cared for us as people, and he really stood up for us in interacting with with the rest of the university. And so I learned a lot about putting your own people first and caring for them first. And then, you know, my early years with with Lutheran Bible Translators, actually even before I joined LBT, even as a college student, I interacted with Jim Lash. He was Uncle Jim to me as, as a kid in Liberia. And then he was my boss in when we joined Lutheran Bible Translators. One of the things that I really learned from him is learning from and listening to the people that you serve. It is easy when you're, when you're there as a missionary to feel like you have the answers and to feel like you know the right way to be doing things. But Jim had this humility about him in interacting with our partners of we're, we are learners first. And I learned a lot about that from him. And then Rich, you know, you've served as my boss for the last several years. And one of the things that I've really learned from you is continuing to think strategically. And even as we're working on different things, and even when things feel like they go in a different direction, bringing it back and looking at, well, what's the end goal? What are we working towards? And how do we bring this back into that? And not getting distracted from that by the many things that are possible to distract you, but to be able to bring that back and say, this is, this is the direction that we're going and let's, let's bring it back to that. Yeah. So important. Uh, We, yeah. So again, just sort of uh, over the, the last few years, as we thought about uh, leadership transitions and, and just tried to, to have personnel you know, set up to be available possibilities for new leadership to select, we, we got all lined up. When I became a CEO, the whole leadership team, including yourself also, were all new in your positions on January 1st. We all sort of step in. And so now we're in there. What do you find challenging uh, as you got started here in this season? What did you not expect as you stepped into the role as you've now experienced it for a few months here? 
I think the biggest thing that I didn't expect was how little I suddenly knew. <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've, we've just talked about all these things that prepared me for this role. Right. I'd been with the organization for 17 years. I'd grown up in the organization. And so I thought, okay, you know, I've, I've got a pretty good handle on, on what we're doing and where we're doing it, how we're doing it. And suddenly just realized, man, I don't have a context for this and I don't understand this piece. And I'm supposed to make a decision about that over there, but I don't know as much about that as I thought I did, or I don't know as much about that as I need to, to, to make this decision. Sometime during that time, flipping through some leadership articles, I came across this picture and it was this iceberg of, of, of ignorance. <laughs> and I'm just going to admit right now that I'm going to butcher this idea. So if you know about this and you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I took it and made my own thing out of it. So this is how I see it. Okay. <laughs> so this, this iceberg event of, 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 of ignorance. When, you, when you're in top leadership in the organization, suddenly there's all this stuff below that you're not seeing anymore. And, you know, if you're, you can think about it sitting on top of this iceberg where most of the iceberg is below the water. And as the leader, you feel like you're only seeing the stuff that's above the water. And there's all this detail below that you're missing. And that was a hard thing for me because I've prided myself on knowing the detail. I see people understand this, but for like 20 years, I could have told you the IP address and systems for, you know, a network that I hadn't worked on for that long. And it's like the details are the things that I had always prided myself on. And all of a sudden I'm ignorant and I'm really having to depend on other people to see things that I'm not seeing for myself because there's just so many different things to be seen. Um, and so it, it required me to really stop and, and be ready to listen to others and to hear what they have to say. You know, they might be looking and thinking he's right there. Why does he not see this? But, but I'm not. And, and being able to, uh, being able to admit that. But the other side of that, I think is that when you're, when you're sitting on top of that iceberg, being able to look out and around and see things that people are the, the, that are below the level of the water are not seeing. Um, you know, sometimes that means seeing the rain clouds and the lightning in those clouds that's a ways off. Sometimes it means seeing just the beginning rays of the sunrise when you're like, that thing we're working towards, it's starting to happen over there. And, and sometimes it feels like you're the only one that sees that but making sure that you're able to share that uh, with everybody else in the organization. So those, those, those two different aspects of that I found to be surprising. I feel like I knew to expect that that would happen, but it, that it really didn't sink in and make sense until that happened. Yeah. The other thing was just the enormity of the responsibility. You know, before that I had made a lot of decisions, but most of them then got approved by somebody else. Uh, for a final approval. And now I was doing that final approval and realizing that the decisions that I was making had real life consequences for real people. And that gives you a little bit of pause right. before you make those decisions. Yeah, for sure. So uh, what have you been encouraged by as you've taken up the role? What is, what's excited you or spurred you on in this, uh, in this season? We, we recently did a SWOT analysis and there's two things that, that really stuck out from that, which I'd already known, but doing the SWOT analysis helped me to be able to articulate it better. One of those was we just have really good 
people and Lutheran Bible translators. Our missionaries, our staff are just true professionals that have big hearts and care so much for the people that they work with and, and just exude the values of the organization. And I don't think that that can be emphasized enough. You know, just when you have really good people, you can do anything. The other thing is just the relationships that we have with our partners. That's always been a huge value of ours. And so those relationships and how strong they are and authentic that they were was just so important. And so as that, that excites me to be able to work with people both inside and outside the organization that I, that I respect so much. Um, I, I will freely admit that most of the people that I lead are smarter than I am. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's an honor. And so I feel like for me, my role is to get rid of obstacles for them. Right. Yeah. That's just awesome to be able to, to be able to have that role. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, again, just fantastic people. The organization has really grown in that way. As we move into the season then, and as you're looking forward, what's important? What's important now? What's important as you're, as you're continuing to grow and lead into this role? Right now, it's, it's, it's looking, at, looking at where we're going and who we have and, and starting to realign things to prepare for, to prepare for what comes next. Earlier, I talked about working in 132 languages, and that number is increasing with 53 missionaries. When I grew up in this organization, um, growing up in Liberia, we had, I don't know, probably three expatriate missionaries for every language community that we worked with. Now we have one missionary for every three language communities that we work with. That's a, that's a different thing, and it's an exciting thing. The role that we play as an organization, the role that our people play is very different, and that's going to continue to change. You know, we're, we're in the middle of the More Than Words campaign right now where we are radically uh, expanding the number of language communities that we're working with. But if you, if you really look at it, what we're doing is we're continuing to invest in our partners and we're continuing to invest in their capacity. Yeah. And so as we move forward, the biggest thing for us is to help them also remove uh, obstacles and to invest in that capacity. And so even the changes that I talked about before, where we have three new program directors in, in different countries, the purpose of that is actually because that's what's needed right now to be able to really have that good relationship with our partner, to help our partners in the way that we need to. And so making those adjustments for what is what has changed now and for where things are going. Yeah, that's that's really critical. And I was just thinking, as you were saying that about you talk about the amazing people that we have in our organization and in our partnerships and then yeah, removing obstacles and barriers for them. And you start to think about like now leading and being part of partnerships and removing obstacles and barriers from is a whole like next level of investment and commitment. That's really, mm-hmm. it's really exciting. That's going to just be exciting and complex all at the same time. So how can we be praying for you? And as you're uh, continuing in this role, there are three things that I pray for every single morning. And I have been since December when kind of the realization of what this role was kind of, I started to realize that those three things are wisdom, 
humility and courage. You know, for a long time, I've read the story of Solomon and how, you know, God said, you know, came to him in a dream and anything that you want, name it. And Solomon asked for wisdom. And I always thought, man, that was such a great thing for him to ask for. Uh, On this side of it, I think that it was just the enormity of the role that he was suddenly in hit him. And that's what he asked for. And so that's what I ask for too every day is wisdom for humility that this is never about me but I'm always there to serve. And then courage. There's hard decisions to be made every day. And to have that courage to do the right thing, to make those decisions. So those, those three things, there's, there's so many other things that I pray for, but I feel like I keep coming back to those three things. And I would appreciate others praying for that as well. Absolutely. And wow, just uh, great to kind of check in with you on on where we're at here and to talk about your role as director of field programs. So God's blessings to you, man, in this role. I've, uh, of course, uh, quite familiar with it, so, but uh, not familiar in, in terms of, you know, the future and what lies ahead of us is different than where we've come from. And I'm really glad that you're the guy that's uh, in that seat and uh, part of our team here at Lutheran Bible Translator. So thanks for spending some time with us this morning on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, I've talked about all the people. I'm glad you're you're interviewing each of the new, new directors because it is a new team, but it is an awesome team to work with. And so I, I'm excited for, for what comes next for this organization because of that. So it's an exciting time to be head of field programs at Lutheran Bible Translators here during the More Than Words campaign for Scripture Impact and all of the opportunities that it presents to empower ministry entrepreneurs and equip and resource them. And so uh, Paul gets to be at the head of all that, managing uh, things that have been going on and also uh, all sorts of new opportunities and new approaches. We want to encourage you that if you are feeling called to partner alongside one of these programs, a ministry entrepreneur, to visit lbt.org programs, and you'll be able to see a list of all of the different projects and communities that we're working alongside, and want to encourage you to, to scroll through that list prayerfully and click around and see where the Lord might be leading you to pray or financially partner alongside a program. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. You can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org slash podcast or subscribe on Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translators' social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is produced and edited by Andrew Olson. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson. Podcast artwork was designed by Caleb Rodewald and Sarah Rodowski. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Rodowski. So long for now. <laughs>